Jesus has every expectation that when somebody has willingly received him and entered into his family, he has every expectation that we will be obedient to him. Preaching the old time gospel with a fresh anointing to a new generation. This is Saved to the Uttermost with evangelist Brian Tyndall. Having a relationship with Jesus Christ does mean he expects us to obey him. In fact, Jesus gave his disciples marching orders just before ascending into heaven. We call it the Great Commission. And today, Brian Tyndall brings us a study looking at the Great Commission and how we're to obey it or fulfill it. So take your Bible and turn with us now to Matthew 28, beginning at verse 18, for a message entitled, Fulfilling the Great Commission. Here's Brian. Today we're looking at Matthew chapter 28, beginning with verse 18. And the scripture says in Matthew 28, 18, And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. In this passage of scripture, we have verses that are referred to as the Great Commission, the Great Commission of Jesus Christ. Jesus spoke these words after he had died and after he had risen from the dead and uh, he was still on this earth after the resurrection Uh, The scripture says that Jesus' resurrection was confirmed by many people. Uh, Over 500 people saw Jesus at one time. Uh, His disciples saw him on different occasions after his resurrection. And here in this passage of scripture in Matthew chapter 28, uh, beginning with verse 16, Jesus uh, told his disciples to go on to Galilee to a mountain And he later met them there on that mountain. And the scripture says in verse 17 that when they saw him, they worshiped him. And when Jesus was speaking with his disciples here in this place, he uh, shared with them these words that I just read. And these words have come to be known as the Great Commission, the great mandate that Jesus gave his disciples to go into all the world and make disciples of every person on this earth. Now, what is a disciple? A disciple is simply a follower of Jesus Christ. It's someone who has been saved, someone that has repented of their sin and placed their faith in Christ and in Christ alone and has accepted Jesus Christ and Christ has done a work in their life and they have been born again through the power of the Holy Spirit. They have been brought into the family of God And now Jesus Christ is Savior and Lord of this person's life. That's a disciple of Jesus Christ. And what Jesus tells his disciples, his biblical disciples, here in this passage of Scripture, he tells them that their job, their ministry, their command that is being given them is that they, as disciples, would go into a lost world, that they would go all over the face of the earth, and that they would make disciples of all people, that they would go out to those that were lost, that those that did not know Jesus Christ, those that had never been saved through faith and repentance in Jesus Christ, 
and that they would go and share the gospel of Christ with those people and that they would share with them how they could receive Christ through faith and repentance and that as those people uh, responded to the gospel, as those people put their faith in Jesus Christ and repented of their sin and Christ uh, worked in their life through the power of the Holy Spirit and caused them to be born again into the family of God, that they would become uh, disciples of Jesus Christ themselves, that they would become followers of Jesus Christ. You see, God's desire is that everyone that he has created here on this earth, his desire is that every one of us would become a disciple, that every one of us would become a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so the title of my message today is Fulfilling the Great Commission, Fulfilling the Great Commission. Because remember, these words are not a suggestion. Jesus did not say, I suggest that you do these things. Jesus didn't say, I think it would be a good idea that you would do these things. Jesus didn't say, if this is something that you feel like doing, then uh, by all means, why don't you do these things? No, Jesus here in this passage of scripture looked at his disciples and he commanded them. He gave them a command to go into all the world and make disciples. And so that's why we call this the Great Commission, because Jesus was commissioning his disciples. He was commanding them as soldiers in Christ to go into a lost world and make disciples, to help people to become followers of Jesus Christ. So how do we fulfill the Great Commission? I think the first key of fulfilling the Great Commission, of going into all the world and making disciples, I think the first key is found in verse 18 when Jesus told his disciples, all authority has been given to me in heaven and in earth. I think that's the first key. You see, here we see the power to fulfill the Great Commission. In verse 18, we see the power to fulfill the Great Commission. Jesus told his disciples, God has given me all power and all authority. Now, if Jesus has been given all power, if God has put all authority into Jesus's hands, then that means he does have the power and authority to tell us as his children what we should do. You know, if I uh, join the military, if I go over to the recruiting office and I sign on the dotted line and I become uh, enrolled in one of the armed forces and uh, they send me off to boot camp for training, uh, when the drill sergeant comes in that first morning uh, to get the soldiers, when he comes in to get us, he doesn't come into the barracks and say, now everybody that wants to get up this morning, you get up. And everybody that wants to come for a run, everybody that wants to get up and exercise, you come on and follow me. No, when I have signed up for military service, when I have become a soldier in one of the branches of the military, then I have somebody that's put in authority over me. And when that drill sergeant comes into the barracks that first morning, he doesn't come in and give me a suggestion. He doesn't come in and say, this is what I would like for y'all to consider doing. No, he comes in and says, this is what you're going to do. Follow me. I'm giving you an order. And that order is to be 
obey. And he has every expectation that I'm going to obey him. He has every expectation that I'm going to follow his command because I have willingly of my own free will and accord signed up to be in the military service. I've signed up to be in this branch of the military. And after signing up, he has every expectation that I'm going to follow the lead of those that are put in authority over me. Well, in the same way, a person that has received Jesus Christ, a person that has voluntarily of their own free will that God has given them, if they've come to Christ and they've yielded themselves to Jesus Christ and they've said, God, I am a sinner. I am lost. I cannot save myself. I realize that I deserve to be punished. I realize that I deserve to go to hell. And, but I also realized that God loved me so much that 2,000 years ago, he sent Jesus Christ to die for me on the cross. And I believe that 2,000 years ago, when Christ sacrificed his body and shed his blood, I believe that he did that for my sin. And I believe that he did not stay dead. I believe that he did not stay in that tomb. But I believe that he rose from the dead on the third day. I believe that Jesus Christ is alive. I believe that he's the Messiah. I believe that he's the Savior of the world world and I'm calling on his name. I want to be saved. I want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. I want to be his follower. I want to be in his family. I want to be a soldier of Jesus Christ. Jesus has every expectation and he should have every expectation that when somebody has willingly committed their lives to him, when somebody has willingly received him and entered into his family and into his kingdom, he has every expectation that when he commands us to do something, that we will be obedient to him. Why does he have that expectation? Because we see the power of the great commission and the power of the great commission is that Jesus Christ has been given all authority, all power from God himself. And with that power and with that authority, he is able to command those that are in his family. He is able to command those that have received him as Savior and Lord. He's able to command us and tell us what to do in this life. And that's what Jesus does here in this passage of Scripture. But notice that the the power and the authority that Jesus has been given, not only does it speak to his ability to tell us what to do, but that power and authority also speaks to his ability to help us accomplish what he's commanded us to do. You see, Jesus has given us this commission. Jesus has commanded us to go into all the world, every country, every tribe, every group of people in the world. He's commanded us to go to all people and to make disciples, to make followers of Jesus Christ. Now, that's a very big command. That's a very difficult command. And you see, that's not something that's going to be possible for us to do in our own strength. That's not something that's going to be possible for us to accomplish in our own abilities, in our own, uh, with our own resources. I mean, there's no way that I can be educated enough or that I can be trained enough or that I can uh, have enough resources in my own strength to go into all the world and make followers of Jesus Christ. I can't do that in my own strength. It's too big of a task. But you see, Jesus, 
the one that gave the great commission, the one that was given all authority and power, and the one that has the authority and power to command me to go into the world and make disciples, he also has the authority and the power to help me to accomplish the task which he's given me to do. You see, as he fills me with his Holy Spirit, the Bible says that I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. I can't do all things in my own strength. I can't do all things with my own intellect. I can't do all things with my own resources or with my own talent or with my own physical gifts. But with Jesus Christ, with him living in me and through me, with him empowering me with all the power that he's been given from God himself, then and only then can I be obedient to this great commission. Then and only then can I fulfill this command that he's given me to accomplish, and that's to go into all the world and make disciples, go into all the world and make followers of Jesus Christ. And so the question that I would have today is this, are you living your life in obedience to the Great Commission? Are you living your life in obedience to the Great Commission? You say, well, Brian, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I'm doing that or not. Well, this is how you know. Are you living your life responding to what God has told us to do, and that is to go into the world and help other people to become followers of Jesus Christ? You see, my friends, if you're not doing that, if if in some way your life is not about helping other people to become faithful followers of Jesus Christ, then you're not being obedient to this command. You're not being obedient to the Great Commission. And my question to you would be, why? And there there can only be two reasons why you would be disobedient to this passage of Scripture. The first reason would be that you're not a disciple of Jesus Christ yourself. You're not a follower of Jesus Christ yourself. You see, if I'm not save myself, if I have not yielded my life to Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord myself, then how in the world can I go and help somebody else to be saved? How can I go and help somebody else to yield their life to Jesus Christ? How can I go to other people that are lost and help them to find Jesus as Savior and Lord? It will not be possible for me to help others to become disciples of Jesus Christ until I become a disciple myself. I can't help others to know Jesus as Savior and Lord if I do not know him as Savior and Lord. And so if I find myself today not being obedient to this passage of Scripture, if I find myself not being obedient to this command of Jesus Christ, I have to ask myself, why am I not being obedient? If God has given Jesus all authority and power, And with that authority and power, he tells those that he has created to go into all the world and make disciples. I have to ask myself, why am I not being obedient to the one that God has given all authority and power? And it just may be that the reason I'm not being obedient to this command is because I'm not saved myself. I'm not a disciple of Jesus Christ myself. But it could be that I am a disciple of Jesus Christ. I have been saved. But I'm simply refusing to be obedient to what Jesus commands me to do. You know, there are people in the military that they signed up on the bottom line and, and, uh, and they sent them on for the training. They sent them on to boot camp. 
And, but those people, uh, for whatever reason, they go AWOL. They, they run away from their responsibilities. They run away from their commitment. They, they try to get out of doing what they said they would do. They signed up and then they tried to renege on their commitment. My friends, let me tell you, there's a lot of Christians like that. There are a lot of Christians that at some point in the past, years ago, they went down to the front of a church or they had some experience with Christ, uh, wherever it may be. It could have been in a, a religious service. It could have been in their own home in private. But some years ago, they had an experience with Jesus Christ where they prayed and they asked him to forgive them of their sin and they put their faith in him and asked him to be Savior and Lord of their life. But they have never yielded their life to him. They've never become obedient to him. And to Today, they are not serving him by going into the world and making disciples. My friends, you're AWOL. You're absent without leave. You are being disobedient to the one that saved you. You are failing to fulfill the commitment that you made whenever it was in the past to be a disciple, to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And I'm here to tell you today that the one that saved you all of those years ago, the one that you put your faith in, the one that has forgiven your sin, the one that has given you eternal life, God has given that one, Jesus Christ, all power and authority. And with that power and authority, he is commanding you to go into all the world and help other people to become disciples, to help other people become followers of Jesus Christ. And we must obey his command. But not only do I want us to see the power of the Great Commission, but I want us to see the plan of the Great Commission, the plan of the Great Commission. It's in verse 19. Jesus said, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Not only does Jesus give us the power of the Great Commission, but he gives us the plan. You know, he has commanded us to go into all the world and make disciples, but he has not left us uh, wondering how we can accomplish this task. He has given us a very specific plan that we can follow as we are seeking to be obedient to go and do his will and to help others become followers of Jesus Christ. What is the plan? Well, uh, the plan is that we would make disciples. And he shows us four things here that we need to do in order to help people become disciples of Jesus Christ. There are four aspects to this plan, if you will. Number one, uh, the plan requires us establishing someone in their faith. We must establish people in genuine saving faith in Jesus Christ. We see that because he says, uh, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Well, what is a disciple? A disciple is a follower of Jesus Christ. Well, I can't be a disciple of Jesus Christ. I can't be a follower of Jesus Christ until I'm a child of God. I can't be a follower of Jesus Christ until Jesus is Savior and Lord of my life. I can't be a follower of Jesus Christ until I have yielded my life to Jesus Christ. So the first aspect of making disciples, the first aspect of being obedient to this command and to this great commission is evangelism. 
I've got to go out and I've got to talk to people about the gospel. I've got to talk to people about the fact that we're sinners and that the Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God and that none are righteous, no, not one. And that because of our sin, the Bible says that the wages, the punishment of sin is death. And I've got to tell people that, that we're lost and that we're without hope if we do not receive Jesus Christ as our Savior. But then I've got to tell them the good news. And the good news is that 2,000 years ago, God looked down at lost humanity, and He saw that we were lost. He saw that we had sinned against Him. He saw that we deserved death and hell. And He loved us so much that He came to this earth, that He wrapped Himself in flesh. God Himself came to this earth. God Himself wrapped Himself in flesh. And He was born of a virgin. And he, he grew up and the Bible says that as he grew, he grew perfectly, that he was tempted in every way as you and I are tempted yet without sin. And that some 2000 years ago, when he was about 33 years old, Jesus allowed himself to be arrested. He allowed himself to be spit on. He allowed himself to be beaten. He allowed himself uh, for, for people to hurl insults at him. He allowed himself to be put on trial. He allowed himself to be accused of a crime that he did not commit. He allowed himself to be nailed to a cross. He allowed himself to be hung there naked on that cross and he suffered and he died and he shed his blood, not for sins that he had committed, but for our sin. And then he died, but that he did not stay dead. Because the Bible says that on the third day, Jesus rose victoriously over death, hell, and the grave. And he walked on this earth and people witnessed his resurrection. And some days later, as people were watching, he ascended into heaven. And the Bible says that he went to the right hand of God and was seated at the right hand of God. And that he was given all authority and power. And that's what we do. That's how we make disciples. We go into this lost world and we share that good news that Jesus Christ has come to this earth and he's paid the perfect sacrifice for the sins of humanity. My friends, that's what we do. You can't have discipleship. You can't make disciples without evangelism. You can't make disciples without establishing people in a true, genuine, saving faith. And then the second aspect of making disciples, not only do we establish people in their faith, but we establish them uh, in the church. Notice it says, uh, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Well, when is it that we baptize people? After they've been saved, we baptize people after they have put their faith in Jesus Christ, after they have been born again, we baptize them in the church and through that baptism, it's their first act of obedience as a follower, as a disciple of Jesus Christ. And through baptism, they are brought into the church of Jesus Christ as a member in the body of Jesus Christ, as a member in the church of Jesus Christ. And my friends, maybe you're out there today, and and not only are you not helping other people to become disciples, not only are you not helping other people to become followers of Jesus Christ, but you're not a disciple of Jesus Christ yourself. 
Because there's never been a time in your life when you were established in your faith, when you were established in a true biblical faith in Jesus Christ, where you accepted him as Savior and Lord of your life. There was never a time when you were established in the church of Jesus Christ through baptism. And what is baptism? Baptism is not something that can save you. The only thing that can save a lost person is what Jesus Christ did on the cross 2,000 years ago when he sacrificed his body and shed his blood for the sins of humanity. There's nothing that anybody can do to save themselves. There's no good work. There's no religious work, not even baptism itself, that will save a lost person from their sin. The only way we can be saved, the only way we can be established in our faith and become a disciple, a follower of Jesus Christ, is through putting our faith in Christ and what he did for us on the cross 2,000 years ago and by confessing and repenting of our sin and trusting him as Savior and Lord of our life. Salvation is a work of God that he does through the Holy Spirit where he calls us to be born again into the family of God. And as we believe in him and as we put our trust in him, he gives us the right, he gives us the power to be called the children of God. And it could be today. That as you're listening to this message, that as you're listening uh, to this passage of scripture that we read out of the Bible, that you think to yourself, you know, um, I've never done that. I've never become a disciple of Jesus Christ myself. I've never been established in genuine biblical faith myself. I've never been established in the church of Jesus Christ myself. Oh, I've gone to church. I've been to some religious services uh, in my life. But I can't say that there's been a time when I was established in my faith through faith and repentance and where I received Jesus Christ and was born again. And, and then I was established in the church through being baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And I followed Jesus Christ in believer's baptism. And I went down into the waters, as Paul describes in Romans chapter 6, and and as I went down into those waters, it symbolized uh, me identifying with the burial of Jesus Christ. And as they put me under that water, it symbolized me being buried, even as Jesus was buried. And as they lifted me up out of those waters, it symbolized me identifying with the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as I came up out of those baptismal waters, it symbolized what had already taken place in my life as I put faith in Christ and as I repented of my sins. It symbolized him giving me new life, coming up out of those baptismal waters to walk in the newness of life. My friends, Jesus has commanded us. He has commanded every one of his children. He has commanded every one of us as Christians to be involved in his great commission. And his great commission is this, that we would go into all the world and that we would make disciples, that we would make genuine followers of Jesus Christ out of every person on this planet. And my friends, there's many people today that are not being obedient to that command. Not only do we see that the plan of the Great Commission involves uh, establishing people in their faith and establishing people in the church, but we also see that the plan of the Great Commission involves establishing people uh, in the Word of God. 
Because the Bible says, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Verse 20, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. You see, if we're going to make disciples of Jesus Christ, if we're going to make followers of Jesus Christ, then we're going to have to follow God's plan. What is this plan? Well, his plan is that we would first establish people in their faith, that they would genuinely be saved through faith and repentance. Secondly, that we would establish people in the church of Jesus Christ, the authentic Christian church, through baptism in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then third, his plan is that we would make disciples by establishing people in the Word of God, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. You see, we have not made disciples. We have not made a genuine follower of Jesus Christ until we have helped that person that has been saved and established in their faith until we have helped that person that has joined a Christian church uh, through baptism, we have not helped that person to become a true disciple of Jesus Christ until we go another step and help establish them in the Word of God. Jesus didn't just say to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and then just walk away and leave them and say, well, now they're saved, now they've made a profession of faith, now they followed Jesus in baptism, now they're a church member, we're finished. No, we're not finished. The Bible says if you want to be obedient to the Great Commission, if you want to really make disciples of Jesus Christ, not only do you have to establish people in their faith, not only do you have to establish people in the church, but you have to establish people in the Word of God, teaching them all things whatsoever I have commanded you, Jesus said. So that's a big task. That's a huge task. We not only have to evangelize people, we not only have to help people to find entrance into the family of God and entrance into the church of Jesus Christ, but we have to help establish people in the Word of God. Now, how do, how do I know if I've been established in the Word of God? Well, I think there's three things that must be true if we ourselves are established in the Word of God, and there are three things that must be true if we have helped somebody else to be established in the Word of God. And the first thing is this. If I'm established in the Word of God, then I believe I'm going to be reading the Word of God. I'm going to be reading and understanding the Word of God. And as I have ministered for many years now, both in the church and outside of the church, both across the United States and in over 40 countries around the world, the thing that I have discovered is that people have not been discipled. Even people that, that say that they've been saved, even people that claim to be followers of Jesus Christ, even people that are in the church, even people that have been baptized, even people that come to church on Sunday morning, the vast majority of them do not read and do not understand the Word of God. They, they don't read the Word of God, and they don't understand the Word of God. Well, you see here in this passage of Scripture, Jesus said, this is my great commission. This is what I want you to do. This is what I'm commanding you to do. Go into all the world and make disciples. Go into all the world and make followers of Jesus Christ. And then he gives us the plan. The way that you do that is by helping establish people in their faith, helping establish people in the church, and then you establish people in the Word of God. Well, how can somebody be established in the Word of God? How can somebody 
be taught all things whatsoever Jesus ever commanded, how can that be possible if people don't even read and understand the Bible? If we're going to help people to become disciples of Jesus Christ, then we've got to get them in the Word of God. We've got to get them to reading the Word of God. We've got to get them to listening to the preaching and the teaching of the Word of God. Because until you understand God's Word, you're never going to be able to be established in His Word. And if you don't understand His Word and you're not established in His Word, then you're never going to be the true disciple, the true follower of Jesus Christ that He wants you to be. Let me ask you something today. And just be honest with yourself, wherever you are today. Just be honest with yourself. Do you read the Word of God? Do you understand the Word of God? You'd be amazed at how many people have told me in my life, people outside the church and people inside the church, that confess to me and say, Brian, I really hardly ever read the Bible. And one of the reasons I don't read the Bible is because when I do read it, I don't understand what I'm reading. My friends, you know what? That means you're not ready to be obedient to the Great Commission. You're not ready to help other people to become disciples of Jesus Christ because you've never become a disciple of Jesus Christ yourself. And you can't help somebody else to find something that you have not found. You cannot help somebody else to go further than you've gone yourself. You can't help somebody else to be established in something that you haven't been established in yourself. And so before you can become obedient to this great commission, before you can become obedient to going into the world and helping other people to become followers of Jesus Christ, you must become a disciple. You must become a follower of Jesus Christ yourself. You must be established in true, genuine biblical faith. You must be established in a true Christian church through baptism. You must be established in the word of God. And the very first way that you establish yourself in the Word of God is through reading it, through beginning to understand the Word of God. But you see, being established in the Word of God is more than reading and understanding the Word of God. You see, I believe it also involves believing. You see, it's one thing to understand the Word of God. It's one thing to understand what it says. It's one thing to understand what it teaches. It's one thing to understand it intellectually, and it's another thing to believe that it's true. It's another thing to believe that what it says, that what it teaches is God's word and that it is his truth and his message and his will for your life. And you see, my friends, if you do not believe the word of God, maybe you understand it. You might understand the Word of God better than I do. I've met large number of people that I think probably understood more uh, about the Word of God than I do. I've met people that I'm sure that understood uh, the deep truths of the Word of God better than I do. But here's the thing. It's not enough just to understand the Word of God. I've met people that understood the Word of God very, very well, but they did not believe it. They just understood it, and they wanted to argue with you, and they wanted to debate you, and they did not in any way, uh, shape, form, or fashion put their faith in this as the true Word of God uh, and, and the true will of God for their life. 
So you see, for us to be disciples of Jesus Christ, we've got to be established in this word. And being established in the word of God means I understand the word of God, but it also means I believe the word of God. I believe that what's written in these pages, that what's written in these verses was literally God breathed. I believe it's his word. I believe it's infallible. I believe it's anointed. I believe it has power. I believe that God speaks to me through his word. I believe that what I read in this Bible is God's will for my life. I believe this word. And that's what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. And it's what it means to be established in the word of God. And so when Jesus uh, told them, uh, teach them to observe all things whatsoever I command, uh, he was wanting his followers to go out and to help other people become followers of Jesus Christ. But you see, I believe there's one more aspect to this. I believe that if I'm going to be established in the word of God, not only does that mean I'm going to understand the word of God, and not only does that mean I'm going to believe, put my faith in the word of God and and receive it as God's word for me, but I believe it's going to be one more step. I believe if I'm really going to be a true disciple of Jesus Christ, a true follower of Jesus Christ, then I believe if I'm really going to be established in the Word of God, that's going to mean not only am I going to understand the Word of God and not only am I going to believe the Word of God, but I believe that I'm going to obey the Word of God. Notice that's what the verse says, teaching them to observe, to do, to be obedient to all that I commanded you. You see, What does Jesus want? Well, he tells us what he wants. He wants everyone on this earth, every person that he has created to be disciples of Jesus Christ. And he wants all of those disciples to go out and to help other people to become disciples. He wants everybody to be a follower of his. And after we're followers of his, he wants us to go out and help other people to become genuine followers of Jesus Christ. And according to the plan that he lays out in the Great Commission, it's not possible for us to be a disciple. It's not possible for us to make disciples without observing, without being obedient to all that Jesus has commanded. Now, that's what it means to be established in the Word of God. It means I understand the Word of God. It means I have put my faith in and believe the Word of God as God's will for my life. And it means that I'm walking in daily obedience to everything that God has commanded. Now, let me just ask you, can you say that that's true about your life? Maybe, maybe if, if somebody asks you, uh, are you a Christian? You say, uh, yes, I'm a Christian. Maybe you've told people before, uh, I, I'm a Christian. Maybe nobody's ever asked you if you're a Christian, but maybe in your mind, uh, you think of yourself as a Christian. You, you would say, if somebody asked you, uh, you would say uh, that you're a Christian. You would think of yourself as a Christian. Well, let me ask you something more than are you a Christian. Let me ask you, are you a disciple of Jesus Christ? You say, well, Brian, how do I know if I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ? Well, I believe we look at the Word of God and we see uh, what Jesus commanded disciples to do. 
And he, he says here in this passage of scripture, when he's giving his disciples a plan for going out and making other disciples, he, he seems to say here that, that a disciple is someone that's established in true, genuine faith, that a, a disciple is someone that's established in the family of God, in the body of Christ, in the church, and that a disciple is also somebody that's established in the word of God, somebody that understands the word, somebody that believes the word, somebody that's obeying the word. Does that describe you? This morning, as you see this picture being developed out of the word of God about what a true, genuine disciple is, someone that's been established in true biblical faith, somebody that's been established in the church of Jesus Christ through baptism, somebody that's been established in the word of God, and they're walking in obedience to all those things that Jesus has commanded. Does that describe you? Can you say this morning, I'm walking in obedience to the things that Jesus has commanded? I'm walking in obedience to the word of God. Can you, okay, if you, if you can say that, that's wonderful. Then let me ask you this. Can you say, I'm helping other people to become disciples of Jesus Christ? I'm helping other people with my life, with my time, with my energy, with my talent, with my financial resources, with everything that I am, one of the most important parts of my life, one of the most important aspects of my life is helping other people to become disciples of Jesus Christ, helping other people to be established in their faith and in the church and in the word of God. But you see, I believe that this plan of Jesus Christ, this plan of making disciples, I believe it has even one more aspect. It says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. You see, I believe that when we do that, that something is going to naturally happen as an outgrowth of our obedience to this plan. When we, as disciples of Jesus Christ, go out and are obedient to this great commission and we begin to go out and reach other people and evangelize other people and help those people to be established in their faith and in the church and in the word of God, I believe the last step is going to be we're going to help them to be established in the ministry. I believe that we're going to help them to become disciples that are also going out and helping other people to become disciples. You see, I don't believe that we're really the kind of disciples that Jesus wanted us to be. I don't believe that we're the kind of disciples that Jesus described here in this passage of Scripture until we ourselves have been established in this ministry. So you see, not only do we need to be established in our faith if we want to be a disciple, and not only do we need to be established in the church and in the word of God, but I believe that we're going to be established in the ministry of the Great Commission. We're not really a disciple, and we really haven't made disciples until we have been established in the ministry of the Great Commission, and that is going out and helping other people to become disciples, and that process has not been completed until those people that we have evangelized, until those people that we have reached for Christ, until those people that we have helped to be established in their faith and in the church and in the Word of God, until they themselves are established in this ministry of helping to fulfill the Great Commission. Then and only then 
is the great commission completed. Then and only then have I fulfilled the command of the great commission to go out and to make disciples. But I want you to see one more thing. We've seen the power of the great commission and we've seen the plan of the great commission. And then very quickly, I want you to see the promise of the great commission because here at the end of chapter 28, the last chapter of Matthew, the last verse uh, of the last chapter, notice what it says. And Jesus said, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age or until the end of the world. What was the promise? This is the promise of the Great Commission. Jesus says, if you will yield yourself to my power, to my authority, and if you will follow my plan, and not only be a disciple yourself, but go out and help other people to be disciples, to help other people be followers of Jesus Christ. If you will yield to my power, to my authority, and you will follow my plan with your life, then he says, this is my promise, the promise of the Great Commission. I will be with you always. I will walk with you through this life. You will never be alone. I will always be with you. I will always be there to guide you, to strengthen you, to bless you, to help you, to empower you. My friends, don't you want that? Don't you want to know that the God of heaven, that the God that created you is walking with you in this life? Don't you want to know that the God that died for you on the cross, that the God that saved you, that the God that rose from the dead and is seated at the right hand of God, don't you want to know that Jesus, who's been given all power and authority, that no one on earth or in heaven or in hell, that there's nothing that has more power and authority than Jesus Christ, don't you want to know that that one that has received all power and authority that he is in your life and that he will never leave you and he will never forsake you and that whatever you go through in this life, he will be there to walk with you through whatever the circumstance that you face in this life. And my friend, not only will he be here to walk with you through everything that you have to go through in this life, when the time comes for you to die, when the time comes and you breathe your last breath, The Bible says that for the Christian to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. To be absent from the body is to be in the presence of Jesus Christ. You see, my friend, if we will become disciples of Jesus Christ, if we will humble ourselves and confess our sin and ask for forgiveness, and if we will be cleansed with the blood of Jesus Christ, and if we will put faith in Christ and in Christ alone as Savior and Lord of our lives, and if we will live in this world as disciples, as followers of Jesus Christ, and if we will live not just any way that we want to live, not just going about doing whatever we want to do or whatever the world says that we ought to do, but if we will live as true, genuine disciples of Jesus Christ, and that means in obedience to the Great Commission, in obedience to the one that's been given all authority and power, if we will live this life not for ourselves, not for the flesh, not for material gain, if we will live our lives for the thing that Christ wants us to live our lives for. And that's for 
other people to be saved. If we'll live our lives not for this world, but for the next world, if we'll live our lives for eternity, and that means that not only do we know Christ, but that our lives are about helping other people to know Christ as Savior, then Jesus says, I'll give you a promise. And the promise of the Great Commission is an awesome, awesome promise. And it's this. Jesus said, if you will do these things, I will always be with you. And you see, my friend, for many years now, really ever since I've been a Christian, I've heard this verse quoted, misquoted, misused, because I will see people, they don't even know the Lord. They're not even saved. They're, they're walking in sin and disobedience. They, they're, not, they're not established in their faith. They don't know Jesus as Savior. They're not established in His church. They don't even go to church. They're not established in the Word of God. They don't even read and understand and believe. And, and they're certainly not being obedient in the Word of God. And yet those people will quote this part of this verse, and they'll, they'll say, but you know, God's promised to always be with us. God's promised to always be with me. My friends, let me share with you today that that's not true. If you do not know him as Savior and Lord, if you have not yielded to him and to his authority and to his power, and if you have not willfully surrendered your life to him as Savior through faith and repentance, And if you're not living in obedience to him and to his commands, then my friends, he has not promised to be with you throughout your whole life. He's not promised. You cannot claim this promise that he'll be with you always. You see, this is a conditional promise. This promise is tied to everything that comes before it. If we surrender to his authority, If we yield our lives to his power and we accept him as Savior and Lord, and then we follow him in obedience and our life is not about the things of this earth, our our life is not about what we want, it's not about physical pleasure, it's not about materialism, it's not about the things of this earth, but our life is about eternal things. Our life is about being a disciple of Jesus Christ, a follower of Jesus Christ. And the main purpose of our life as we follow him is to go into the world and help other people to become followers of Jesus Christ, to help other people become disciples of Jesus Christ. Then Jesus says, when you do that, then I give you this promise. When you live in obedience to the great commission that I'm giving you, then you can claim this promise. And that promise is, I will never leave you. My friend today, if you are not a disciple of Jesus Christ, I would ask you, why are you not? Why would you not receive Jesus Christ? Why would you not yield your life to him today? God has given Jesus all authority and all power. He deserves your faith. He deserves your obedience. He deserves for us to commit our lives to him, for us to surrender everything that we are and everything that we have to him. Why would you continue to run away from him? Why would you continue to reject him? Why would you continue not to surrender to his authority? Because, my friends, there's no better thing that can happen in our life than for us to be saved. 
And my prayer for you today and my prayer for those in your family, those in your circle of friends, my prayer for you and those that you love today is that you would be saved, that you would humble yourself and that you would put your faith in Christ and in Christ alone and that you would confess your sin and that you would ask Jesus Christ to forgive and cleanse you of your sin and that you would ask him to help your sin to be washed away. My friends, turn your back on your sin today. Turn your back on your disobedience today. Repent and turn to Christ. And I promise you today, on the authority of God's word, that the one that's been given all authority, he will save you. And he will give you this great commission. He will allow you to be involved in this great work, this great kingdom work of going out and helping reach other people and helping other people come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. And my friend, you can live every day of your life on this earth claiming the promise of God that he will never leave you and he will never forsake you. And not only will he be with you in this life, but my friend, when this life is over, he will be with you for eternity. And most importantly, you will be with him. Will you receive him today? I pray that you will. In Jesus' name, amen. Being part of God's great work in the great commission of making disciples of Jesus Christ begins with becoming disciples ourselves. You've been listening to Save to the Uttermost with evangelist Brian Tyndall, founder and president of Uttermost Evangelism, and his message, Fulfilling the Great Commission. If you'd like to get a CD copy to listen to again or to share with a friend, stay tuned for details on how to order. First, I want to talk to those who have never received the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior. Nothing would mean more to us than to know what we've shared on this program has brought someone to a saving knowledge of Jesus. If God is stirred in your heart today, would you let us know? We'd love to help you become a disciple, grow as a disciple, and make other disciples as well. Brian has written a short, easy-to-read booklet entitled, Salvation, Man's Greatest Need, God's Greatest Gift. In it, he examines the five aspects of salvation, why all people need to be saved, why God has made our salvation possible, why anyone can be saved, what salvation really is, and how we receive God's gift of salvation. This booklet is free and available to anyone who asks. To get a copy, as well as the CD of today's message entitled Fulfilling the Great Commission, simply visit uttermostevangelism.org. Just click on the banner at the bottom of the page. While you're there, you can learn more about our ministry, read our newsletter, even sign up to go on a mission trip with us. Our website, again, is uttermostevangelism.org. If you prefer to write, send your letter to Uttermost Evangelism, P.O. Box 7, Pontotoc, Mississippi, 38863. That's P.O. Box 7, Pontotoc, Mississippi, P-O-N-T-O-T-O-C, Pontotoc, Mississippi, 38863. You may call us as well. Our phone number is 662-372-1912. That's 662-372-1912. Save to the Uttermost comes to you from Uttermost Evangelism. We exist for no other purpose than to lift up the name of Jesus Christ everywhere, that he may be known and glorified by all people. It's a simple statement, but a big goal. 
And we couldn't do it without the prayers and financial gifts from people just like you. We are committed to using your gifts in a frugal and Christ-honoring way to bring the light of the gospel to those in spiritual darkness. To help further kingdom growth, make your donation online at uttermostevangelism.org or send a check to Uttermost Evangelism, P.O. Box 7, Pontotoc, Mississippi, 38863. Thanks for listening today. Join us again next time. And remember, Jesus is able to save to the uttermost those that come to God through him. God bless. Save to the Uttermost is provided by Uttermost Evangelism, Pontotoc, Mississippi.